The house began to pitch, the kitchen took a slitch, it landed on the wicked witch in the middle of a ditch, which was not a healthy situation for the wicked witch, who began to twitch, and was reduced to just a stitch of what was once a wicked witch. From the capital city, I'm Jordan Lewis. This weekend, students from JDHS and Thunder Mountain High School are joined together for their theatrical performance of The Wizard of Oz. A group of the performers came on to Capital Chat to talk about their favorite parts of the show, which ranged from throwing apples. Um, I would say for me, I think my favorite part is, in general, um, I get to play a tree, which I think is every theater kid's dream. Um, but I play like a dancing tree. I sing and dance. Actually, we're multi-talented. Um, but we get to throw apples at uh, Dorothy and Scarecrow, and it's actually so fun. To yelling at their fellow actors. My favorite part is at the very beginning where I get to yell at everybody and <laughs> shame them all. And I feel very, I love that part. This is the final weekend for their performance of the show tonight at Juno Douglas High School at 7 p.m. and tomorrow at 2 p.m. For more information on the performance, you can visit the events calendar on our website, kinyradio.com. On May 2nd, U.S. District Court Judge Jones submitted his decision to adopt U.S. Magistrate Judge Michelle Peterson's recommended order to suspend the Southeast Alaska Chinook Troll Fishery. The closure is driven by the Wild Fish Conservancy's claim that Southeast Troll Fishery poses harm to Washington's southern resident killer whale population. Linda Binkin is a commercial fisherman based in Sitka, and she is the executive director of the Alaska Longline Fishermen's Association. She provides insight into how Alaska fishermen are responding to the judge's decision. People are dismayed and find this decision really infuriating. Our fishermen have just a long, long history of being outspoken advocates for wild salmon and healthy oceans, committed conservationists, and to have this lawsuit that to us is completely misguided, focusing on closing down the small boat, family-operated fisheries here 800 miles away from where these whales live and distracting from the real challenges these whales face and the salmon face with climate change, with habitat damage and pollution in their home range is frustrating. Binnikin further explains how these other factors are harming the killer whale population. There's a tremendous body of research showing that the whales are suffering from habitat damage, from pollution, from toxins in their environment that are in their bodies. They carry one of the heaviest loads of industrial toxins of any marine mammal anywhere in the world, and that interferes with their ability to reproduce, to care for their young, forage effectively. There's plenty of information out there. The Alaska Trollers Association wrote a white paper to identify what those other threats are, to share that information more broadly. The Wild Fish Conservancy has just chosen to focus on closing down a small boat fishery 800 miles away rather than tackle the big problem right there in their backyard. She says the fishermen care about the salmon and whales and she puts out a call of action to work together. We would call out the Wild Fish Conservancy to stop distracting and alienating small boat conservation-minded fishermen who are focused on taking care of salmon because it's our livelihood, it's the health of our families and our communities, and to instead work together to take on the impacts, the threats that really are the challenges that these whales and our wild salmon are facing. Work together to take care of the habitats. 
so we can restore our wild salmon runs and we can have healthy oceans. Southeast Alaska's troll fishery directly employs 1,500 fishermen and 85% of troll fishery permit holders living in Southeast Alaska. It is consistently one of Southeast Alaska's top three most valuable fisheries, providing renewable income for fishing families living in the region's rural and isolated communities. Coming up next on News of the North, Capital City Fire and Rescue held a badge pitting ceremony for engineer Sam Bernay and Captain John Adams last night. Those stories and more next with Jazz Garrett on News of the North. You are listening to News of the North. Capital City Fire Rescue held a badge pinning ceremony for engineer Sam Bernay and Captain John Adams last night. Captain Adams was asked how it feels to receive his promotion. It's a surreal experience. I've, uh, I've got a great crew that I'm working with. They're very easy to lead. I've got a very progressive fire department and I'm up for the challenge. Our fire department's an all-hazard fire department. We do everything from fire, rescue, EMS. Um, we solve the problems of the people of CBJ. And we come running if somebody's having a bad day. Engineer Bernay says his job gives his life meaning. For me personally, it's been a 10-year culmination of all the hard work that I put into the service. And I started in Washington as a volunteer, and then I got hired uh, about six years ago with CCFR. Since then, this has been a community that I have absolutely uh, fell in love with and a community that's special to my heart. For me personally, it's a privilege to be here and to serve this community. MC Mahogany Magnetic, a Fairbanks-based writer, historian, and storyteller, is one of the curators for Black Alaskan Art Matters, which is holding its opening reception tonight from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. She talks about BAM. As a retrospective, we have the works from our previous two exhibitions in 2020 and 2022 that was all virtual, so we're doing this like Tri-City thing tour ex- exhibition. So people who who witnessed or didn't get to get to see it virtually, those previous two ex- exhibitions can experience it in person. So last month we were in Fairbanks at the venue, and this month we are here in Juneau at the V Spot and the Northern Tea House. June will be in Anchorage. Magnetic explains how this was organized. Alyssa Quintine and I are the curators for BAM, and we are also a part of, in partnership with the Perseverance Theater here in Juneau. And we received a, a grant from the Alaska State Council of the Arts to make this happen. She explains the significance of a traveling exhibit. It opens it up to, to you know, more visitors and people to experience artwork. But it also like highlights the artists that we have around Alaska because BAM is not just like an Anchorage thing. It's, a, it's we conceived it as a statewide effort to promote Black artists here. It includes over 27 pieces with a wide variety created by different artists around the state. Photography, we have digital media, mixed media, music video. We also have doll making and then like in the process of video that shows you how she created these works. We also have drawing, painting, and jewelry. Jewelry, that's what else we have. They also hope to have live performances tonight and Magnetic will share her poetry. Tea will be offered from the Northern Tea House. This is the goal of BAM. So many of our artists in our exhibition, this is their first time being in an art show. So we're cultivating, you know, this narrative. We've getting, we're giving these artists an opportunity and we're creating space 
for them to share their works and see and view and participate as artists. And that's just like, that was a door that wasn't a space that wasn't available or African people here in Alaska didn't see like maybe, you know, that's not really not for me. That's just like space for other folks. But so now we're creating space for these black artists. We're cultivating community here too because we're bringing people into this space, experience and learn more about black Alaskans through black Alaskan art. If you miss the opening night tonight, the Northern Tea House and the V-Spot will feature the art for three weeks and it's available to view during their business hours. Today is National Missing or Murdered Indigenous Persons Awareness Day. U.S. Senator Lisa Murkowski recognizes this. On this day, May 5th, my heart is with the many families who have lost a loved one to violence and all those who have been affected by the crisis of missing and murdered Indigenous women and people. We honor the memory of your loved ones who are no longer with you in your communities. I join in raising awareness about an injustice that was once invisible. Our federal, state, and tribal governments must work together to ensure the care and safety of all Native peoples. So thanks to all of you who are speaking your truth and making your communities safer. Never miss a story or a newscast at kinyradio.com. Now you're up to date. I'm Jazz Garrett for News of the North.